0: Hi again. My name is Anne. Welcome to my podcast. Today, I wanted to talk about how my husband and I met. So let's do this. Let's get in my feels. Before I begin, I want to wish everyone an advanced happy Valentine's Day. I hope you have the opportunity to spend it with that special someone. And if you don't have a special someone, or if you're going through a breakup, I hope you're spending it loving yourself. And forget about that dickhead that broke your heart. I'm not actually someone who really gives a damn about Valentine's Day, to be honest? It's just another day that has been exploited by Hallmark and mass consumerism. Also, who the hell wants to go out for dinner on the busiest night of the year? I sure as hell don't want to. I'd rather spend the night at home doing Lord knows what. On top of that, love is something that should be celebrated on a daily basis, It's not always the grand gestures that matter. It's the little things that are important. I also should point out that I'm an ex-hopeless romantic. I do love me a good rom-com, but I'm a realist now, and I know that love isn't always hearts and flowers. It's the good, the bad, and the ugly. So with that said, I met my husband Rich in college when I was maybe 17 or 18 years old. At the time, I was actually dating his best friend. Okay, go ahead. I know right now that the math isn't mathing, and you're trying to figure out how the fuck did I go from dating his best friend to dating him? Long story short, his best friend was a dick. It was the epitome of a toxic relationship. He had blonde hair and blue eyes. This is important because growing up, I was obsessed with having descendants with blonde hair and blue eyes. With my skin tone, of course, or something in between. But he also looked like he could be a school shooter. He used to wear a black trench coat, and I'm pretty sure people were afraid to piss him off in the event that he snapped one day. He also had this fetish with Asian women. He even said it to my face on multiple occasions. He said he dated Asians because he believed the stereotype that they are submissive and easily manipulated. Looking back, I know I should have seen that as a red flag instantly, but I was young and I was dumb. I also can't for the life of me understand what the fuck possessed me to date that asshole in the first place. He treated me like absolute shit, and he would attempt to gaslight the fuck out of me. But he also learned the hard way, that though I am Asian and an immigrant, I did not fit the mold of submissive Asian. I was the furthest thing from that, actually. Anyway, we eventually broke up because he had said some shit about my family, and I drew the line at that and broke up with his dumbass. Unfortunately, though, while we were dating, we both worked for student government, and I knew that I would have to go back to fall semester having to work with him. Thankfully, I was the vice president, and he was the treasurer, so at least... I had more power over him. It was my one stint in politics and I was actually quite good at it. I played the game really well because it was clear that we were playing stack the governments with people on your side to get the votes for whatever our agenda was. The game of stacking is probably what eventually led to me and my husband Rich dating, considering he attempted to stack it with his best friend and unbeknownst to him, my future husband. He underestimated my husband's integrity, and even when Rich and I eventually started dating, he didn't vote with me either just because. He stuck to his morals and voted for what he believed in. I admired him for that. Anyway, let's take a step back. Somewhere down the line when I realized that Richard had a mind of his own and wasn't my enemy, we surprisingly worked well together and got along. Mind you, at the time, I wasn't looking for a relationship. I had a friends with benefits going on with someone else, and Richard was very much in a long-term relationship, albeit a long-distance one. But one day... One of the other women on student government started joking around whenever we would be on the phone with his girlfriends. They'd get the other people to sing along to Don'tcha by the Pussycat Dolls, and they would all point at me. He'd always abruptly leave the room or hang up quickly so he wouldn't get in trouble. I never thought much about it. And I even joined along and acted in a flirtatious manner whenever they started teasing him. It was just a bit of fun to me, and I honestly didn't see him like that. It wasn't until my friends with benefits pointed out that me and Rich had a lot of chemistry. I was in disbelief. I laughed it off thinking, "Ain't no fucking way. I even pointed out that Rich met none of the 10 things I looked for in a partner. But the seed was planted, and as time passed by, I started to question everything, and I began to slowly but surely see him in a different way. I even thought back to all my past relationships or even hookups, and I wondered if Perhaps I kept dating the same toxic people, thus resulting in never-ending heartbreaks. Maybe I should push all of that aside and give this guy a chance. Perhaps breaking the cycle of bad boyfriends starts with dating someone who is the complete opposite of what I was looking for. There was only one problem. I remembered he had a girlfriend, and all of this was a moot point. I ended up cursing my friends with benefits on the daily because now I couldn't stop thinking of Rich in that way. I couldn't ignore the sexual tension in the room whenever we were together. I have to admit, from that point on, I began shamelessly flirting with him under the guise of joking around and I encouraged the teasing in the office. There were even a few times when we were alone, and I couldn't help myself, and I played with fire. There were a few times where we were this close to crossing the line, but one of us would always pull back in time before we made a mistake. Roughly two weeks after the last close call, We were alone in the office when he told me he was no longer with his girlfriends. The next moments felt as though we were in a romantic comedy and he pulled me close before planting an explosive kiss. Now that the girlfriend was out of the way, we were free to begin this romance. But we still had one hurdle left. His best friend. Of course, this isn't considering the fact that I need to bring him home to my parents eventually. He actually asked for permission to date me because of bro code and all that shit. My ex told him it was cool, no hard feelings. However, two weeks later, my ex pulled him aside and told him, okay, now break up with her so he could get the ultimate revenge on me. Rich was having none of it, and he continued to date me And unfortunately, or perhaps fortunately for Rich's case, that was the beginning of the end of their friendship. Looking back on it, do I feel bad for my ex that he lost his friend because of me? Absolutely not. He reaped what he sowed, in my opinion. Do I feel bad that Rich lost his friend because of me? Sometimes. I never wanted him to be put into that position, especially considering my husband doesn't have many friends. But at the end of the day, if his friend was willing to use him as a pawn, then he's not really a friend worth keeping. That was the last year we went to college with his ex, and I wish I could say that that was the last time we saw him. But he ended up stalking me and getting a job in the same mall as I did. But that's a story for another day. Anyway, the tough part about dating my husband was that I wanted to bring him home to meet my parents instantly. I just knew that he was the one, and I wanted to put a stop to the madness called my love life. You see, I wasn't allowed to date, even though I was going on 19 when we started dating. Or at least, I wasn't allowed to pick my own dates. My mother was constantly setting me up with men who were in their early 30s. The reasoning was, those men have already had their fun and have established their careers. They would make the perfect husbands, and I would make the perfect bride. She could rest easy knowing that I wouldn't have to worry financially if I was with an older man until I brought Rich home and officially introduced him as my boyfriend. I had to continue going on these dates, and he knew that. It was kind of odd, actually, thinking back on it now, having to tell Rich, Sorry, but I've got to go out on a few dates tonight. I'll talk to you later. Or, I need to go to my mom's work Christmas party because she wants to introduce me to one of her co-workers. But it was a necessary evil. Bringing a boy home in the Filipino culture is serious business. It's also overwhelming for the guy if he's not accustomed to it. Normally, you would have to start a courtship that included supervised dates or visits. The most PDA you could get away with was hand holding, and a lot of people didn't have the first kiss until after a year. And after all of that, you're not officially boyfriend and girlfriend until a year later and you accept your suitor's requests. It's an old antiquated tradition that puts a lot of pressure on the males to bring gifts and be on their best behavior, and for the females to act demure. Despite that, because I was in America, I never got to experience the whole shebang, but it didn't stop my mother from trying. At the end of the day, my train of thought was, You only brought the boy home if you knew he was the one, because with the way my family was, they were going to scare the shit out of him and make him feel as though he couldn't leave. I wanted him to be sure without any outside influences or threats to his life or manhood that he wanted to stay. We began dating in December of 2005. I finally brought him home in August of 2006. It wasn't even a bring him home to meet the parents moment. It was a bring him home to meet the entire family and family friends that were in Philadelphia at that time. They agreed to meet him during a birthday party for my nephew. Boy, did I try my best to prep him for that night. But even then... I don't think he thought it would be that bad. I'm pretty sure it was more intense than he anticipated. The best advice that I could give him was, if someone offered you a drink, more specifically, a shot, to not turn it down, and that he couldn't leave the house without singing one karaoke song. When that night arrived, he got there as the party was already in full swing, and there were still more people due to arrive. The house was jam-packed. If you've never been to a Filipino party, let me give you the lay of the land. One room was for the karaoke. The garage or the backyard was for the hard liquor drinkers and smokers to sit with a plate of finger food to pick at. Sometimes there would be someone with a guitar and they'd have their own sing-along out there. The kitchen was where the aunties and the gossipers would hang out. You'd always try to get past that room quickly before one of them says hello to you via an insult. For example, you've gained weight. Usually, that's a sign that you're doing well and can afford to eat. Or, you've lost weight. In that case, That's a sign that you're struggling and can't afford to eat. Or if you're single, they'll try to set you up with someone they know. The children, on the other hand, would be contained to one room as much as possible. The dining table was pushed against the wall and a buffet of Filipino food would be present. In one of the bedrooms, there would be a sleeping child that needs a nap. Instead of going home to accommodate your children's schedule, You just found an empty bed for them to slumber until you were ready to go home. Anyway, everyone knew he was coming, so he had the pleasure to visit every single area, and he was interrogated by everyone. I'm pretty sure he was threatened many, many times, all along the lines of, Hurt her, and you die. It probably didn't help that I'm the youngest cousin on my mother's side, So naturally, I was their baby. He also happened to be allergic to shellfish and unfortunately, all of our parties at least has crabs or shrimp or something. He had to step out a few times so he didn't die from anaphylactic shock. His allergy was so bad at that time that even the smell of the shellfish affected his throat. At the end of it, He went home and told his brother he should have brought a sword and a shield to get through the house because there were so many people. I then took the opportunity to let him know that he only met a tiny portion of my family and that as he meets the rest of them, he will continue to get threatened. (laughs) It honestly probably took years before he finally met everyone in North America He still has yet to meet my family in the Philippines in person, but one day, maybe he will. Looking back on that, I think of how crazy that is, and even crazier for people who are not Filipino to hear it. I also don't know how I managed to keep him after all these years. Like, why didn't he run for the hills after that night? Either he really loved me, Or he was scared shitless, and quite possibly still is. I guess I'll never know. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed hearing the story of how me and my husband came to be. Thank y'all so much for listening. I hope that y'all are doing well, and if you're not, it's okay to not be okay. Just keep on getting back up and do the best that you can. As always, just remember, you are not alone.